thanks for being here. Uh, happy Mother's Day weekend to everybody. Quick question before we move on to tonight's topic. How many of you had the words, wait, what, come up in your life last week? <laughs> yeah, thanks. Chris actually sent it to me. I was asking him about something, and him and Zane, and we were like, hey, can we make this little adjustment to the lyrics on the stage? And I get this, wait, what, from both of them. I'm like, I'm not complaining. I'm just, but uh, it was good. I mean, it, it, it's definitely helped me this past week to slow down when I get into those modes of wanting to, wanting to complain or, uh, and, and just realizing how grateful I am for the people in my life. And uh, to, today's no exception, grateful for the people in my life. And that's kind of uh, where I want to jump off uh, tonight. So uh, it's Mother's Day weekend, and I typically don't preach a Mother's Day message. I don't know the last time I've done it. So it's years and years ago. Uh, and I, uh, over time, realized it's not an easy day for everyone. You know, it's not always happy Mother's Day. There's some who've lost a mother recently, and that's uh, heartbreaking. There's, there's others who've lost a child uh, or a grandchild, and it's, these days are difficult. And there's others who, like, they wish they could be a, um, a mother, a biological mother, and it's just, it, it hasn't happened for them yet. And so it's hurtful. And I, I, I understand that that's um, at play uh, tonight in, in many of the hearts of, of people uh, and so tonight, I, I wanted to shift a little bit away from that term of mother uh, and really just want to take some time to, to uh, encourage and honor the women in our lives. You know, when you think about the family of Christ, we've got many mothers in the family of Christ who may not have any children of their own, but man, they're, they're raising up children uh, in the kingdom for the Lord. And, and, and the, the reason why I want to talk about it tonight is we live in a culture right now where women are under attack. I don't know if you're aware of that. Uh, but our culture is uh, is attacking women. It's not new. This has been like a, this has been going on forever. In the past, it was just different. In the past, women were considered property. You know, they were they were uh, considered a possession. They were um, they were not considered equal with men. And you know who changed all that? You got it. It's Jesus who came to the planet and said, "Listen, I know the one who designed you. I know the one who made you, and you are equal in value, but different in function." There's this, this equality that Jesus came in, and, and from that time, that's began to permeate uh, all of the, uh, especially the modern nations, uh, built on these Jesus values that women, <laughs> women have the same value as men. That, that's like, that's why we keep saying, we think women should follow Jesus for that reason alone. He's the one who simply said that the, that equality was always how it was designed. But today, like, uh, we've got the, uh, the even the idea of wom- of women. The word "woman" is under attack today. We've got we've got biological men competing in women's sports and owning them, and we've got our media celebrating the fact that oh, look at that swimmer! Can't believe somebody you know broke all the records. Well, I can. Uh, exactly. That's that's a dude, right? And uh, you know, it's we we have people who won't even answer the question: Can you define woman? You know, if you watch the, in the States and the, uh, so the Supreme Court, the woman asked, and she's like, uh, I'm not a biologist, so I'm not going to, I can't define, and she's a woman, but can't define the word woman. We change, the, the terms in our world are changing. You know, it's no longer mothers, it's birthing people. You heard of this? You will. You know, but I'd say birthing people are also known as women. But we, in our culture, are going so far away from what, like, wisdom and, and, and truth. 
And there was this fight for equality of women and men in our, in our day and age, but now that fight for equality has shifted very subtly to a fight for equity. That it would be this, this uh, even outcome for everyone. This even outcome which, in the end, women just lose. As they look at Paul and the New Testament, Paul tells us that when we're wrestling, we're not wrestling flesh and blood. There's a spiritual battle going on. And when I, I think about this, you know, this spiritual battle that's happening, I realize the enemy is at work to, to tear people down, and especially this thought of tearing down women, because you've been designed specifically for a certain function in the family of Christ. You are designed to be um, world changers. And I think, that, I think that's why the attack is as severe as it is. You know, in our culture, we're so desensitized. We're so influenced by our, our worldly culture that some even listening tonight, you're going to have a difficult time not being triggered. So anybody have any sharp things you can throw? Let's put those away right now. You know, it's tonight, as you listen, and maybe you're already like, Ugh. if you pick this message apart for its political correctness, you'll just miss the essence and the point of it. And so I'd encourage you just to, just to listen for his voice, his word, his truth, as we take the, take the opportunity to celebrate moms and to celebrate women. So I saw this, uh, I, was, I was looking at as I was planning the title for this, I'm like, ah, do I call it this or not? I, I googled mom for hire, uh, just to see. And I, and I found that this lady had placed an ad that said mom for hire. Uh, job description, she said, I need a mom for my four kids age 5 to 11 on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Friday afternoons while I'm at work. Must be able to give them hugs as they come off the bus and make them an after-school snack, keep track of the notes from the teachers, play games with them, listen to all their stories, uh, how their day went, prepare a nutritious dinner for them, and bandage up any boo-boos they might have. And I was like, Yeah. Interesting. And the ad was, you know, removed because she must have found somebody. And I'm like, I thought, you know, mom for hire, probably politically not correct, but a great thought because, uh, well, you'll see in a second. You know, this talk tonight isn't just for biological moms uh, because I, I think that uh, uh, many of us who have friends, you know, real close friends, sometimes you tell me, you know, that's my brother from another mother. You know, it's like the, uh, it's the ones who, like, their parents are almost like my parents. They, they, they kind of take us under their wing, and sometimes you have those people, maybe it's a counselor or a, uh, you know, a teacher in school, and they, they take you under their wing, or uh, you know, an older sister, and it's like, and those people have had influence in our lives, and you know, there's truly a benefit to all of us to have some extra mothers in our lives. We know the saying, it takes a village to... Yeah, it takes a village to raise a child, right? And so it's the teachers, the leaders, the nurses, the caregivers, the Sunday school uh, leaders, the, the sisters, the women in our lives that matter. And so tonight I just, why do I, why, I, mom for hire is this, hopefully this thought that we can see biblically some of the things that, that uh, God's word just simply says about, about moms and about women that we would remember. Just if you can remember that title, it may bring some of these things back. So H... H is for honor. H is for honor. You know, Paul encouraged the believers to live in right relationship with one another. So if you have your Bibles, just go to Ephesians chapter 6. Or you can jot a little note down and check it out later. But in Ephesians 6, verse 2, when Paul's saying to the, to the believers, and we've got believers here, we've got believers watching online, he's like, I want you to live in right relationship with one another. And so he says this, this is how it works. Like, honor your father and mother. He's like saying, honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. What's the promise? If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you, and you will have a long life on the earth. The opposite may be true as well. 
You dishonor them, your life might get shorter. You might not have a long life and it probably won't go well for you. You know, we see with rebellious teens and stuff that it, it's, it doesn't always go as well. And here's his thought, to honor. We don't use that word honor a lot. You know, if you have to go to courts, like your honor, you, you know, you, you use that name, but we don't always use this, this term honor. And it simply means this, to value, to esteem, uh, and to recognize and I don't know about you, but as I look at culture around us, I notice that there's a, that's, it's a, honor is actually a lost value in our culture. Honor is this thing that builds up everything else around it. It just chooses to. It chooses to make everything better. And how does it do that? It just simply refuses to treat anything as common. It sees things and realizes, no, no, no those things aren't, they, they might be familiar, but they're not common. Those are, it, it, it uh, recognizes and, and celebrates great things. So I used to live in St. Catharines. I lived by Niagara Falls. Anybody seen it? Heard of it? Anybody just like, it, I don't even have to show you a picture, but I will, of Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls is like, just, oh, oh my goodness. Okay, actually, Niagara Falls is somewhere over in this section over here. <laughs> I'm in it. Ah, no. <laughs> it was supposed to be over there. But if you've been to Niagara Falls, you've seen the beauty of this. It's like if you just stare at it for a little bit, it's like there's the, the awe of that power of the water going over. And, and people videotape the water as if that, like, I don't know who goes home and watches that later, but it's impressive to them. 30 million people every year will go and visit Niagara Falls. And I used to live near there and was like, people like, hey, can we go see Niagara Falls? I'm like, eh. I've been there like, I don't know, like 117 times. I just, it's not that cool. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, especially from their overseas or out town. It's like, this is like a big deal. How come you don't, because familiarity, it's not really that big of a deal anymore. And, you know, the thing is that it's easy for us to treat great things as common. It just, we have that tendency. And if we know about that, it's also easy for us to treat great people in our lives as common. And some of them are the ones so cl- the closest to us. You know, familiarity can lead to dishonor, where you just simply treat things as common. You know, my, my mom, uh, she's been in my life my whole life. Uh, yes, she was there from day one. She turned 65 this week, so happy birthday, Mom. But I actually got to go up north and celebrate her 65th birthday with her. I was her only child to make that trip, so just saying. The rest of you watching, level up next year. Uh, you know, but I got to, I had a chance to celebrate that time with her. And, and uh, I realized this year for the first time that there was this probably this level of, like, I, I probably haven't honored her as much as I should. And uh, earlier in this year, my, my mom had a stroke, and I, it was, we thought maybe, you know, that could have gone very, very badly. And man, I was so grateful to be able to celebrate another birthday with her. Because there's that saying, you know, you don't know what you have till it's gone. Well, I don't want those words to be mine. I want to know who I have in my life and celebrate uh, while she's here. Those are those things which realizing that I'm going to honor. What is, what is, honor chooses not to forget um, not to forget how valuable the women in our lives are. Honors, uh, three little thoughts about honor. Honor's aware of the deeper value in people. That's what honor does. It's aware of it. Honor's appreciative of little things. You know, you see little things like, and you know what? I'm, I'm going to be thankful for that. Honor complements the character and the characteristics of others. It just makes a point of doing that. And so as I challenge that, I mean, that's for everyone in this room, but to the women in this room, I would encourage this thought that not just that we would honor the women, but that women would honor one another. Because it's so easy to get focused on self. 
You know, honor is, honor is aware of the others around you. You know, it's so easy to complain about the little things that bother you, but honor is appreciative of the, the little things. And it's easy to compare, and this is probably the big one. It's so easy to compare with other women. Um, I'm speaking not from experience, but I, I hear you. You know, it's this comparison trap where, where honor just simply says, I'm going to compliment rather than envy. And I'm actually going to compliment in, like, real compliments, because it's, it's easy to say really nice things, you know, it, like, say really nice things, or they're really mean things in a really nice way, like, oh, that outfit is so great. It makes you look so much skinnier than you really are. Right. Wait, what? <laughs> but finding that and just saying, you know, I'm going to bring, bring honor back into relationships. And, you know, the truth of Paul's word, we see, we see that as what Paul said, things will go well for you when you choose honor. And so a mom for hire, you know, there, there would be the honor in those relationships. The second one is what letter? I for influence. You know, it's incredible the amount of influence that women have. The women in our lives, it's, it's incredible. And I think, again, that's why the enemy attacks so hard. You know, uh, there's a bumper sticker that says, she who changes diapers changes the world. Sometimes we don't realize that, that we have world changers <laughs> living in the homes around here thinking, you know, I don't get out much. And when I do, I'm like frazzled. I got to get to the grocery store and get back home. And, and, and it's just like, go, 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 go. Not realizing that they have the opportunity to inspire and change the world. We live in a competitive age of influencers. You know, there's all kinds of them, and they, well, they want to be the best at beauty, at fashion, at food, at lifestyle, photography, at fitness, travel, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, whatever it is. They want to be the, the, have the, the most influence in other people's lives. And, you know, Paul, when he writes to Timothy, he writes about the influencers in Timothy's life. And so says this in 2 Timothy. Paul's writing to him, and he says to Timothy this, Timothy, I remember your genuine faith. Paul's writing to him and says, Timothy, man, I know that your faith in Christ, it's the real deal. And he says, where did it come from? I love this. He says, you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I know that that same faith, that same genuine trust in the Lord, it continues strong in you. Here's Timothy leading a church. Why? Because of the faith of his mom and his grandma. That's a pretty great thing. There's this influence in his life that, that causes him to have influence for the kingdom because of his mom and his grandmother. No mention of dad, no mention of grandpa, um, but we'll talk about that on Father's Day. But it's this, this thing of, man, your mom, like it, her faith mattered. Your grandma's faith, it mattered because look, at this is why you are where you are. And I think about that, you know, the women who valued faith and they valued the word and they valued truth and they valued prayer in their every day, it matters. You know, tonight I would say I'm thankful for uh, many of these women in my life. Like my mom, she is one of these ones who modeled what it meant to have a real relationship with Jesus. When all of my friends and their families just went to church, she was like, no, it's about knowing Christ. And never let us just be about, you know, going to church. I remember Gerhild Folsen, who, uh, who was the one who helped lead me to Christ. And some of you are like, I know her, uh, who led me to Christ. Um, to actually to make that decision for myself in Sunday school. I remember Annette Dross was a woman who saw a gift in me when I was just like 16 or 17 and said, you know what, you're called to preach. And I was like, no, not a chance. 
But she encouraged something. I mean, my, my mother-in-law, Liz DeVries, so encouraged me through all of the, the early pastoral years. And, uh, and now she encourages my sons in the little boys group. And I'm like, man, I love it. Jackie Constable is one who inspired me and many of you to say, learn the truth for yourself. And then my wife, Beth, who inspires me daily with her commitment and her devotion to Christ. These are all women who are like, man, like when I say like moms, they're younger than me. My, I don't treat my wife like my mom, I know what happens. She'll send me to my room, ground me. I just like learned, you know, it's, it's, uh, but realizing, man, these, these women have such an impact in our lives. And, and there's been so many others who've prayed over and encouraged me throughout the years. I'm grateful. And sometimes I think we fail to honor and to, to realize that influence. You know, I'm thankful for praying moms and praying women because I'm always reminded of my mama. This, this story never gets old for me. She, we, she would always wander the house in the middle of the night praying for her kids. She'd go into their rooms and she'd pray, pray at the foot of our bed. And um, 3 a.m. was like her time. And, and uh, we didn't really realize this until later on uh, when my brother was uh, probably 13 or 14. He, he, he loves snakes. So he went and bought two huge ball pythons. Um, yeah, nine footers. And uh, he brought them home and my mom's like, oh, thinking like the house is possessed now and whatever, <laughs> right? Like, there's like these, these, these big snakes. And so my brother had them all locked up in this cabinet and, and uh, my mom's like, they better not get out. He's like, they can't get out, it's fine. And so that night, 3 a.m., mom's praying and all of a sudden we hear blood curdling scream. She had stepped on the vacuum hose. And we knew, like, Mom, what are you doing up in the middle of the night, right? And she's like, I got up to, to you know, to pray. And, but those snakes didn't last long in our house after that. But, man, praying moms, like, there's something about that. Praying women, there's something about that. Heard this statement, I think it was about hockey moms, but he changed it. He said, the only difference between a praying mom and a pit bull is lipstick. <laughs> they, they're like, hold on for, for dear life. Man, praying for their family, praying for their kids, it, it, it matters, and I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for those of you who pray for your church, pray for our youth, you know, who pray for our kids in our kids' church, pray for the ones in, in the rumble room, pointing people to, pointing these are young people to Christ that they might have a faith of their own. It's like seeds. Man, this is my favorite time of year. I just wish it would get here, spring, you know? It's like where I can put seeds in the ground and watch them grow because I don't know about that, but gardening and trees is like, it's just like therapeutic. I could... We better get rid of the picture because I'll just watch it. It's, I don't know. There's something about, you have that? No, okay. (laughs) To me, though, I think, man, eternity is going to reveal the fruit of the seed sown by the praying women in in this family. And I believe it will be massive. You know, eternity is going to reveal that fruit. And and, and my thought comes to this. What, What good is it? For the influencers in the world, if they just use all their influence to help others gain the world, gain fame, gain fortune, this is how you can have the best, your best life now. But in the end, those others that they're helping lose their souls. What benefit is that? And yet when I see women who don't, aren't celebrated as like they're not popular on YouTube or wherever else, but man, they're making a difference in the lives of those who are, have eternal value and will be in heaven as a result, man, that is something. I'm thankful for the women who've chosen to use their influence for the things that matter most. So what letter are we on? H-I-R. Renewed. You know, the moms and the women who are renewed. Because I've I've watched, it can be overwhelming at times, no? Life, 
Life can be overwhelming. Whatever your life might consist of, you know, I, I read this description, the most creative job in the world involves fashion, decorating, recreation, education, transportation, psychology, romance, cuisine, literature, art, economics, government, pediatrics, entertainment, maintenance, purchasing law, religion, energy, and management. And anybody who can handle those has to be somebody special. She is. She's a homemaker. And I'm like, maybe you're that and you have a job on top of it. And maybe you're in the stage of full-time parenting and, you know, it's like, it might be like, oh, this is a, this is a lot. I read about this, um, this, this person who it was a mother of three notoriously unruly youngsters and, and they asked, uh, she was asked whether, you know, if she could do it again, you know, would she, would she have children if she had to do it over again? She replied, yes, just not those ones. And maybe for you, you feel like, you know, you're like that parent who wants to post this ad about your, you know, about, about your kid some days where, do we have that ad? Because I didn't write it down. Well, okay, it's a blank ad. That child makes it. There it is. Free to a good home. Really cute child who tried to call her mom's bluff one too many times. Her bags are packed and ready. Immediate delivery available. And you felt like this. You, you don't tell your children this, but you've had the, it's like, man, I just feel overwhelmed. But maybe for you, it's like, you know, it's the opposite. My kids are out of home, and I just feel like, you know, it's just like these days of monotony and loneliness. And it's like, it's just kind of draining and overwhelming just with the nothing. And that's not new. You know, Isaiah actually wrote these words 2,700 years ago. And uh, we read them the other night, and I want to read them here for you. Isaiah 40, verse 28, he says this, Have you never heard, have you never understood that the Lord is the everlasting God? He is the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak. He never grows weary. He says, no one can measure the depths of his understanding. Verse 29, he gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Even youths will become weak and tired. Young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who, what? Trust. Many of you know it as those who wait on the Lord. It's actually a, a better translation. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. They'll soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run. They won't grow weary. They'll walk and not faint. Those those who wait on the Lord, those who lie in wait for, those who look expectantly for Him. You know, I don't know about you, but I find it, it's easier to wait on the Lord when I'm waiting for Him to do something. Because I'm always like, oh, okay, this is what, you know, God, I'm praying about this, I'm waiting on this, I'm believing for this to happen, and I can, I can wait for that. But this is, doesn't mean that. This simply means I'm just waiting on the Lord with nothing that I'm waiting for. I just want Him. It's like, Jesus, I, I, I just want to go where you're going. I, I want to follow you, so just lead me. It's like this, like Brian mentioned about the disciples. I, I'm willing to leave everything else. I'm just here for you. That, that's what he's talking about. He says, those kind of people are just like, God, here I am, and I'm just waiting on you. He says, he infills them with power, gives them strength. You know, I think about Susanna Wesley. You know, we've talked about her often. Famous, famous woman. Um, you know, for her, she had 19 children. I believe her maiden name was Stone. But uh, she had, she had, she had, I know, I'm sorry. She had 19, 19 children. But you think about her, she lost nine of her children in infancy. I, I can't imagine losing one, let alone nine. You know, and the hurt and the pain and the like, you know, for many, it's like the, the anger that, that encompasses things like that. Susanna is not, is not famous for having 19 children. That wasn't a big deal. She was one of 26 in her family. A craziness, I know. 
But she's famous because of a couple of things, and most of it is her children. John Wesley was one of the children that survived, and he was a famous preacher and theologian. This guy traveled 250,000 miles by horseback to deliver 40,000 sermons. That's like going around the world like 10 times to, to, to preach. Phenomenal man. And you probably don't remember any of his sermons, but you might remember his brother's songs. Charles Wesley wrote 6,000 hymns like Hark the Herald Angels Sing, uh, Jesus, Lover of My Soul, and Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. These are the words that he wrote. Where did they learn that? Well, they learned that from their mom. Susanna was famous for spending time every single day in prayer with the Lord. It's like, well, how do you find time with that many rugrats running around? And those who know the story, she would simply sit in her rocking chair and throw her apron over her head. And her kids knew when mom's apron's over the head, do not bug her. She's with the Lord. You do not want her talking to the Lord about you. <laughs> so she would pray and she would spend that time. And then when the apron came down, what did she do? She'd sing. She'd sing songs and hymns uh, with her kids that, that they would later on take and, and learn how to write their own. You know, I thought everything except for the apron is like a picture of my wife. I hear them singing hymns downstairs for, for school, and I'm like, man, it's like, here, who knows what may be, be being sown in our kids. You know, education, I don't think oftentimes we realize education is a primary role of, of parents, that it's not, you know, left to the schools. I know that some right now are kind of in an uproar over what's being taught in the schools, and I think that's good. You should be in an uproar, because what it's telling you is, like, maybe you've trusted them to be the educator, but God never did. He's like, man, these, these are, you can send them to school if you want them to learn how to read, you know, how to learn how to write, you know, how to learn how to count. But you're the one who gets to teach them what to read. You're the one who gets to teach them what is right. And you're the one to teach them what actually counts in life. You're the one who teaches truth and wisdom to your kids. Don't leave that up to the school or anyone else to do that. He's put them in, in your place to do that. And man, I, I, love, I love the fact that so many do. But you know, it's hard to do that if you're drained. It's hard to have, like, well, how am I going to find time to do that? And, and this is the thought about being, you know, renewed, is that we won't allow ourselves. And I encourage you not to allow yourself to get so busy with little matters that you forget the littles that matter most. Getting so busy with little matters that we miss the littles that matter most. A renewed lifestyle gives you the ability to encourage others. And when you're down, it's not easy to lift others up. But when you have that time in secret and silence, and God, I just want to know you. I'm here, Lord. He does something on the inside that allows you to encourage others, and that's the last thought. E for encouragement. Literally means to put courage into someone else. To put courage into someone else. You know, to encourage the next generation, like our teenagers. I love it every, you know, uh, Wednesday and Thursday night, Becky's here putting courage into this generation for the, for the, the culture they're going to be living in and living through and leading in. You know, we live in a culture that's going to require great courage moving forward because those who are going to stand um, up for what's right and what's true, it's going to require courage. For those who are going to stand against the aggressive ideologies that say, you know, <laughs> women don't exist anymore, and others will say, uh, no, the truth is, it's, it's going to require courage because you'll be standing against the majority in these things. You know, as I was reading Hebrews chapter 11, it talks about the heroes of faith. And the heroes of faith, the guys like Samuel and Isaac and Jacob and David and Gideon and others not mentioned, but like Esther and Ruth. And actually Deborah is mentioned. And they all, these people had influential moms in their life. Influential, some of them were influential women in other people's lives. You know, I sometimes think, you know, oh, it's like, we're living in time like no other. 
<laughs> it's never been this bad. Well, the truth is we are living in a time like no other, but the, 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 the flip side of that is it has been this bad all throughout. But God raised up young, young people, young men, young women, and, and families raised up young men and young women who would go and stand in those day and age. And, and I believe it for today. Who's the David or the Esther in that row? You know, the ones like, man, the, the courage is there. Who's the Paul? Who's the Timothy? Who's the Peter who's going to stand up for those, those things and be the leaders of the church moving forward? They're here. And you know what? It'll be, the, it'll be so likely that it'll be a lot of the women in their lives who influence them to that point. And so, you know, as moms, this is influence. The women, there's influential uh, people, I think about this, you know, the kids' church volunteers simply just loving our children and teaching them to have a faith of their own. Our youth leaders, our small group leaders, our Bible study leaders who are just saying, man, we want you to know Christ more and deeper. You know, God's designed you for this, called us for such a time as this. And women, you can change the world. You can change the world. It would seem strange that we even have to have a message with that as a point. But in the culture we're heading into, it's absolutely essential that we never forget that. That we never buy into, oh, we've got to all get meshed into this, you know, this, this, what, this equitable thing that loses, that loses something incredible. Finish with this thought. Um, you know, that thought of changing the world. There's that, the famous story of the, the little boy, you know, walking down the beach full of starfish and an old man sees him picking up starfish and throwing them in the ocean and asks him, you know, hey, why are you doing this? You know, the, like there's, there's thousands and millions of starfish. And he's like, because if I don't throw them in the ocean, the sun's going to come up and they're going to die. And the old man's like, what kind of difference are you making? And what does he say? He simply says, as he throws a starfish, well, I made a difference for that one. I made a difference for that one. And as I thought about that, I was reading about Jesus' words to his disciples. And here's the words that he writes. And Matthew writes them down for us. Matthew 25, verse 34. It says this. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me into your home. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. The righteous ones will reply, Lord, when, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? And when did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will say, I'll tell you the truth. When you did it to what? One. One of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. That thought is it doesn't, the whole idea of changing the world isn't like, oh, I'm going to change the, from the top. It's just one. It's just one. What am I going to do for one? And so that's why we're saying tonight, we're looking for a mom for hire. We're looking for women who will honor, who will influence, who will renew and will encourage one at a time. Because by doing so, you really will change the world and eternity will tell us that the reward is great. You want to know what you get paid? That's what it is. That someday somebody in heaven, like that song, thank you for giving to the Lord, comes up and says, I'm here because of you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, I think tonight there's probably something each and every single one of us can learn from this. Every single one of us can be encouraged. And you say, hey, it's, you know, it's not, it's not just for moms and it's not just for women. But tonight it is. And the rest of us get to learn along with. But man, we celebrate you and honor you for who God has made you to be and for the purpose that he has for your lives. Don't ever lose sight of that. Let's pray.
Father, thank you for, for your incredible gift of life to us. Thank you, Jesus, for your gift of forgiveness. And I also just want to say thank you for the gift of each other, how you've put this body together on purpose. And you've placed us here in different roles and different functions for one reason, that the world might know you and that they might see you. Father, I just pray today over uh, every woman in this place, I just pray even just your uh, encouragement in their lives, your blessing over them. Father, I thank you that uh, you've equipped us for such a time as this, that what we face in this world with you, it's not impossible. Nothing is. So, Father, I thank you for that. I pray that as we go from here, ah, that people would see you through our lives and the way we live them. We honor you tonight, Jesus, for who you are. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we want to encourage you to have some conversations uh, about this because, you know, maybe there's going to be some thoughts as you're going home, maybe you, with who you drove here with, or maybe you're going to sit around and have coffee in the cafe, uh, wherever it may be. But I encourage you to ask some of these questions. So we'll put them up on the screen. You can take a picture of them if you'd like or have a chance to, to chat about them. If you're watching online, you can pause it and chat with the people in your room. But here's the questions. What jumped out at you from today's talk? What is something like, yeah, I got to think about that a little bit more. Second, do you agree that women are under attack today? Maybe from the get-go of this message, you're like, eh, I don't know. Good, let's have a conversation about that. Uh, and, and why or why not? And then third, these third and fourth, like, do you have examples in your life uh, that the word hire describes? You're like, man, when I think about honor, this person comes to mind. When I think about people who influence, it's this person. When it comes to, you know, renewing, that person who just is like, they're just like always peaceful, always calm. It doesn't matter what happens. They just, man, they just know Christ. Who is that person? And then who's the great, you know, encourager in your life? And who are they and why? And then finally, which of those following things could you be better at? As we challenge with those thoughts tonight, saying, you know what, I feel like I, I need to up, level up my honor, uh, you know, my, uh, bring that honor back in my life. Or, or maybe for you, it's like, you know what, it really is the, uh, the encouragement or influencing or, or, or just being renewed. Like when you mentioned sitting there and just God, it's just me and you. I don't know if I've ever done that. And I'd encourage you tonight to take something from it in your walk with Christ. Because it matters. It matters for you. It matters for the next generation. It matters for this church. It matters. So thank you for being here tonight. I hope you have a fantastic weekend, wherever that may bring you. And uh, we'll see you next week.